tuning in intentionally or just stopping by to check out the podcast. We're UCSD EIM, which stands for Exercise is Medicine. Uh, and so we're going to do uh, some short introductions to start. Uh, my name is Brad. I am the president. And I would have to say my favorite exercise is honestly probably the deadlift. I really like deadlifts. Hi, uh, my name is Ashley. I'm your vice president for this org. Uh, very excited to bring it here to UCSD. Um, my favorite exercise would probably have to be the, uh, squat. <laughs> my name's Alan. I'm going to be the secretary for UCSD EIM, and my favorite exercise are tricep dips. Hello, I'm Alexandra. You could call me Alex. I'm the treasurer for EIM, and my favorite exercise is single leg squats. Hi, my name is Rami, and I'm the outreach coordinator for exercises medicine at UCSD. And I have to say my favorite exercise is the deadlift. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm the publicity officer. And my favorite exercise is the ups. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Catherine. For this club, I'm the events coordinator. And I think my favorite exercise has to be the good old plank. All right. So now that we've gotten uh, some introductions out of the way, both our organization and this podcast purpose is to raise awareness about exercise and nutrition as a means to maintaining health and preventing disease. And that includes uh, the current situation with COVID-19. Uh, we also aim to promote professional interests and development with a focus on the various careers and uh, of sports medicine. And uh, just to be clear, the information we talk about today is for educational purposes only. Uh, we are not medical professionals, and as such, it is not to be misconstrued as medical advice. And today... We'll be joined by UCSD Recreation's very own Alexia Cervantes. Uh, Alexia has been working as a recreation director for UCSD for the past few years, but she's also a fitness and yoga instructor as well as a practicing health coach. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, so for all the viewers listening in now and later, uh, this first section of the podcast is really going to aim to promote uh, professional interests and development um, with the focus on the various careers of sports medicine. Um, and I'm sure that we have viewers that want to know the steps that you took um, to get where you are now. Sure. Um, I'd love to talk about that. So um, some people you may, may or may not know, but I'm actually a UCSD alum. So I um, started at UCSD um, and I was a, yeah, I was a bioengineering major because I thought that, um, you know, I had wanted to build prosthetics. I thought that that was the thing that I wanted to do. And, you know, I was going along in my engineering classes and um, I just kind of came to a point where I just realized that this isn't really, this was not what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was, um, I was in my third year of, of school um, you know, and I'm not going to lie, I was struggling in some of my engineering classes. And back then, you know, this was back in like the late 80s. And back then there were also wasn't there were not a lot of women in science. It was it was like there was maybe maybe about three or four other women in a lot of my engineering classes. You know, there'd be like 50 people and there was just like a handful of us. And so it was kind of really hard to find community um, in that group. So I decided that I, I just, I needed to do something different. I, I, and I wasn't really sure what that was. And I'm sure 
some of you could probably, you know, understand that struggle, right? Where you're trying to like figure, figure it out, figure out what you're doing. Um, so anyways, I was at the time, this, believe it or not, but at UCSD, we used to have a PE department. Um, and I started taking PE classes. Yeah, I started taking aerobics. I'm sure maybe you've heard like, you know, probably not your mom's, but maybe like your grandma's like talking about aerobics, right? And so I started taking classes um, and um, I was good. I was really good at it. You know, I had done a little bit of like, you know, some athletics in high school, but when I came to UCSD, I was really just focused on my academics. And the, um, one of the, I, I mean, I, she wasn't a professor, but she was one of the faculty members with, um, with the PE department. And she asked me to be a teaching assistant. I thought, yeah, I'll be a teaching assistant for PE. I could do that. And, um, and that really just really changed the trajectory of my life because I was started teaching fitness. I started teaching um, all different kinds of fitness classes. And I got my first, um, I got my first teaching job. And this was with UCSD Recreation, which was a much much smaller department back then. It was literally like a handful of people running the department. Um, this was back in 1989. I know this is, you guys are like, like, wow, that was a long time ago. But yeah, I, I started teaching my first class um, in 1989. And I've just been riding the wave ever since. Um, and this was back in the day when, you know, the fitness industry was, a, was not anything like it is today. Like there was maybe a few gyms, um, but it was, I mean, it was literally like a, like a, an industry at its infancy. And also back then, there was no connection. I mean, there was literally no connection between the fitness industry, which was at its infancy, and the medical industry. And it's one of the things that over the course of my lifetime um, and in my career, I mean, I've seen fitness just explode as a business. Um, you know, the whole idea of wellness, like I predate that whole word. I remember when people started talking about wellness and people had no idea what anybody was talking about um, to this place now where there's, you know, organizations like this one exercises medicine, which is a, you know, I think is an amazing initiative by the American College of Sports Medicine. Um, I'm a huge advocate. I'm a huge believer. I've been following exercises medicine since its inception. Um, but anyways, so I've, I've just been, I've just been super grateful to be part of this journey, you know, to be part of like this fitness journey. And it is really like one of my goals in life is to continue to build the bridge between fitness and medicine. Um, because I mean, I know we're going to talk about this more, but, um, you know, it's really, the thing that's really, is really hurting our nation, it's hurting all of us is lifestyle disease. And I, and we will talk about that more later. Um, but lifestyle disease, all the different lifestyle diseases that you might think of, you know, um, diabetes, obesity, overweight, um, hypertension, um, they are, it's killing us. It's, it's basically killing us. And at the same time that the industry, the fitness industry has just gone bananas, at the same time, we have not managed to um, to get a hold of these lifestyle diseases. They're also just running rampant. So, it's it's something that I really aspire to to be a part of the solution. And which why I'm super excited to talk to to you all because hopefully you all want to be a part of the solution too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and so now I'm the director of Fit Life with UCSD Recreation, and my team and I manage all the fitness and wellness programs for. 
um, for UCSD and the weight rooms. Um, and some things that people don't really probably don't understand about the role that I have with UCSD Recreation is that um, my team also manages a lot of very special employee wellness programs. Um, we manage some um, uh, injury prevention programs. We, so exercise is medicine. We literally are doing exercise with people to help them from getting injured. So a lot of our employees on campus that do um, a lot of repetitive movement, you know, they're landscapers or um, people that work in dining halls and things like that. They, um, you know, they, they, they have high rates of injury and they're always going to the occupational you know, medicine offices because they're getting injured. So we are going out, we're meeting them where they work. Um, we're, we're doing movement with them, really working on mobility and stability. So to keep them from getting hurt. Um, so that's one of the programs that we run. We also have a program called Work Strong, which is an exercise um, prescription, again, and, a, and a really more of like a health behavior prescription for employees that have been injured um, on the job and they're trying to get back to work. Um, so we pair up with them. Um, they meet with our uh, with our coaches, with our health coaches, our registered dietitian, and our massage therapist. And the whole idea is to like really help them adopt healthier behaviors so that they go back to work and just as a better person. Um, we also manage all of the employee wellness programs for UCSD Health. So for the hospitals, um, you know, the two uh, all of our big hospital systems and all of their offices. We do all of the employee wellness programs for, for, the, for those groups. Um, probably things Alex didn't even know that we did. <laughs> so we do, we have, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot. We do, we, do, we do a program called Fit Life Mobile where we have, um, you know, instructors that are going all across campus um, and they're doing, you know, fitness and yoga and meditation classes at Geisa Library, at School of Medicine. We have partnerships with HDH. We manage the weight rooms, all of the, the, the small mini gyms for HDH. So there's, and, you know, then of course we have our classes and our yoga classes and we have instructor training programs. We, we've been training people in yoga and fitness and Pilates for up to almost 20 years. We've been doing, actually certifying people to teach things. Um, so we have a lot going, and we have, you know, a registered dietitian, massage therapist. We have a lot, like you're preaching to the choir. We're preaching to each other because we all want to make people healthier and we believe exercise is part of the solution. Awesome. So we must have come to the right place. <laughs> totally. I am all yeah. on. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, so did you find that your master's degree served you well in terms of uh, finding a job in health and wellness or like pro or promoting you further in the field of health? Right. And wellness? Well, I'll tell you, um, I feel and I don't want to necessarily like blow my horn like too much, but I do feel like when I started out with my career, you know, and this was back, I, I mean, I was a UCSD graduate and everybody thought like, I'm going to be an engineer and I'm going to do all this great stuff. And I'm like, no, I want to teach fitness. And my parents freaked out. They're like, what? And my, my boyfriend, who's now my husband has been my husband for a really long time. He said to me, like, when are you going to get a real job? Because nobody believed that this was a real thing, but you know what? It's been an amazing career and I have an amazing, you know, I have an amazing I've had an amazing life because of the things that I've done and like the people that I've had connection with. And, and, um, you know, I feel very, very rewarded by the work that I've done and my master's degree. I mean, I've been in this business for 30 years. I only got my master's degree last year. I just finished it in August of, um, 2019. So it hasn't even been that long. And my master's degree is in integrative wellness. And 
I waited for a really, really, really long time to get my master's degree because um, this is a brand new program. This program, this is, it was only the second year that this particular program, uh, you know, came into being. Um, but it was the perfect one for me, you know, because this is the one thing that I advise all students, you know, in, um, or anybody who's, you know, like me, who's working and in the profession, you know, if you're going to go after your graduate degree and you're going to spend money on it, and you could potentially even go into debt for it, make sure that it's exactly what you want and exactly what you want to do. So, um, you know, when I was thinking about my master's in what would be work for me, I was thinking it would either be like some kind of exercise science or an MPH, you know, master's of public health, or it would be um, maybe something in business, um, like an, like a, you know, an MBA or something like that. But none of them really, really spoke to me because they weren't really, you know, I didn't really want to become more of an expert in exercise. And I didn't really want to become, you know, do public health. Um, so the integrative wellness program um, is, I think, is so cutting edge because it's really about lifestyle. It's about it's it's um, it's about lifestyle medicine. Um, it is about health coaching, which is a real emerging field. Um and we can, I can certainly dive into what health coaching is in a little bit. And it's, um, I think that it's really maybe like that missing link because what, you know, what I had said earlier about, you know, wanting to build that bridge between fitness and, and medicine, there, there has to be something in between, you know, you know, if you want to, if you want to cross that gap, there has to be something, there has to be something there. And this is where I think that health coaching is really what that is. And so I'm really thinking that, you know, I'm not going to be at UCSD for that much longer. You know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, retire from UCSD, but I'm not going to be ready to not work anymore. And I really want to do something else to work with people. And I want to be that person to help them become a better version of themselves. So, yeah. Absolutely. So how do you think this, how do you think your master's in integrative wellness will help you outside of a career and like as director of, of UCSD rec? Well, um, it, it, and I should, I should say that actually it, it will help me later, but it is also helping me now. So one oh, okay. of the things, yeah, one of the things that, um, my, the masters has really helped me with, um, is, you know, shoot research. All of you are so much like you're so skilled in doing online research. Back in the day, when I was a student at UCSD and I wanted to do research, I had to go down to the biomed library and we used to have to pull out like paper index, like paper, paper, like they were like <laughs> magazines and you had to like look, through, they're called the stacks and you'd have to look through the index and then you'd have to find, you know, whatever, you'd have to find the, um, you know, the article or the, the paper that you're looking for, you have to try to go find the journal in, you know, and then you would hope that somebody hadn't ripped it out, you know, because if somebody had ripped it out, then you're like out of luck, you know? Um, and so for me, the first thing is just like, you know, getting familiar with things like PubMed, you know, and um, even like Google Scholar, I had no idea. Yeah. So I learned a lot about that. Um, the second thing that I learned about is I learned about some real um, interesting things that are changing. Like one of the things that I'm trying to do right now, I'm, I've been working really, really hard for the last mm, probably like eight months is developing a culinary medicine program that I'm trying to do in partnership with our school of medicine. Oh, wow. So I've been working with our registered dietitian. I have been trying to make connections with um, different people in, you know, in our school of medicine with um, faculty, with residents, um, 
you know, to create a, to create a course, to create a, um, you know, a, it wouldn't be, it would be a four credit course, but it would be a, um, an elective. It wouldn't be something required, but, um, you know, to talk about real life nutrition and to talk about cooking, because a lot of, again, those lifestyle diseases that I was talking about earlier, um, a lot of it stems from really poor nutrition. And unfortunately, most physicians and all you all are, you know, some of you are all planning to go to med school. Um, unfortunately, um, nutrition is like the least covered topic. It's, it's an elective. And even as an elective, you get the fewest amount of hours out of any elective that you're going to get. But the thing that is going to impact people the most in their day-to-day health, and I hate to say this, maybe even a little bit more than exercise, is their food. (laughs) So this is something that I wouldn't even even known about culinary medicine as a trend in medical schools. And again, it's super cutting edge. There's very few medical schools in the United States that are actually offering culinary medicine as an elective. So that's something that I'm working on right now um, is to try to use like the resources that we have um, to try to because we have a registered dietitian, we're hoping to build, um, a, you know, a demonstration kitchen um, at Canyon View um, when it's oh, wow. remodeled. Yeah, and I know that they are they are starting to kind of venture in this this into the space, but they really don't have like that that resource of having a kitchen and having you know a trained chef because you actually need to have somebody who's like a chef. So so um, with this medical well or culinary medicine program, would that be teaching? the uh, pre-med or the medical students how to cook or how to like prescribe nutrition or both? Or? It's a little, so yeah, great question, Brad. It's a little bit of both um, okay. because it's just kind of like, you can't teach somebody how to ride a bike if you don't know how to ride a bike yourself, really. You know what I mean? Like you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, or just really about any, any skill, right? Like you, the, the if you know how to do it yourself, you're going to be much you're going to be able to communicate and describe and verbalize a lot better, like how to actually do something if you know how to do it yourself. So yes, the the whole premise of culinary medicine is that it's actually teaching, it's teaching the pre-med students and also residents how to cook. But then as you're doing the cooking, talking to them about the nutrition that goes in, like that goes into the food, you know, like if you are, if you're preparing this meal, like a particular meal, like, what's on the plate, you know, like, what are the the nutrients that are on that plate? And, um, you know, what are the health benefits of those nutrients, but then how to make it taste good too, like how to make it delicious, you know, because yeah. it's, if it doesn't taste good, nobody's going to eat it. Yeah, so you're not going to stick to the diet. Yeah. And, and some people don't even know how to, don't even know how to use a knife. Like they don't know basic cooking skills. Like they don't know how to use a knife. They've never actually, you know, put something in a pan and stirred it around. So it's really, it's teaching um, it's teaching people some basic cooking skills, but then also giving them a little bit more information about how this nutrition could impact their patients. Yeah. Do you think something like that could ever come to the undergraduate campus? And it's just something that we, we definitely want to talk about nutrition because um, sure. honestly, because of the situation right now and because a lot of students really don't know how to cook proper meals or, you know, get the proper nutrients and right. nutrients and everything. So Right. Well, that's something that would come to the undergrad campus. Yeah. So in our proposal for creating culinary medicine, we, um, you know, we don't obviously don't want to limit it just to medical school um, students and medical residents. We actually want to make it available to everybody. Um, I think that our plan was for medical 
students um, and for medical residents that it would be part of their curriculum. But if we were to offer, you know, cooking classes that it would just be, it'd be like a recreation, one of our other recreation programs that it would be something that, you know, would be optional, um, you know, but it would be, you know, be available for people if they were interested, but it would, it would still, it would be like really almost like the same curriculum. It's just that it wouldn't be for like, you couldn't get credit for it. Um, I mean, I think you should get credit for it, but, um, and I don't know, that's a great question, Brad. I mean, uh, you know, we do have our school of public health now. And so you never know, I like to, you know, I I don't want to put a limit on, I never want to put a limit on anything. So you never know. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned about, um, health coaching. Sure. And I remember earlier at at the beginning, you also mentioned how there are other um, like new fields within health and in the in the health and wellness industry. So, could you? Sure. Yeah. So, so health coaching, health coaching is like one of those things. Like, if you had asked somebody maybe you know twenty or thirty years ago, um, or maybe maybe hmm, how can I put that to you this way? Um, here's something: dietitians. You know, there's like a lot of confusion out there right now about diet, the dietitian, like what is a dietitian and what's a nutritionist, you know? Um, and, and I, and I kind of want to, I'm actually going to use this opportunity to kind of clear this up on behalf of all of my friends out there who are registered dietitians. So does anybody else? Yeah. Some people are smiling. So, um, a registered dietitian is somebody who, um, has gone to school and has studied nutrition science and has actually taken, um, has taken a board exam, a national board exam to become a dietitian. And then they also have to do a certain number of, um, hours of, um, internship in, in order for them to have, you know, a license. It's a, it's a license, just like a medical license. So they have a license to practice dietetics, where is a, um, uh, you know, somebody who could just say like, you know, I love keto diets. I'm a nutritionist and they could go out there and they could build themselves as a nutritionist and try to like sell. Yeah. So there's a big, there's a big difference between, you know, um, there's a big difference. There's, you know, somebody who actually has studied the science of nutrition and can work in a hospital and, you know, can work with medical, you know, uh, professionals and they can actually like prescribe nutrition, you know? And those are dietitians. I'm sorry. And those are the dietitians. Yeah. Those are, those are, they have a lot of education and they have to, and they just, and they have to do continuing education. They have to keep their license up to date, just like a physician. Um, So health coaching is a really, really, really new field. And um, it's one of those fields where it's, um, it's getting to the, it has gotten to that point where they have, they have created, there's been, there's been a board that's been created. It's the national board of health and wellness coaching. It's, it's new. It hasn't been around for maybe more than 10 years, but they have created um, an exam, a national board exam that's now recognized by the American medical association. So that's like a really big deal because, you know, if you want to get any credibility with physicians, you have to, you would have to have a board exam like this that is actually approved by the AMA. Okay. So there's a lot of health coaching like courses out there, but not all health court health coaching courses out there kind of meet the standard of this national board of health and wellness coaching. So, um, so somebody like myself, I've, I've 
finished my master's. I have not yet sat for the board exam. My plan is to sit for the board exam in October. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of busy. You know, we had a little problem at REMAC this fall. You know, a little. A little yeah. problem at REMAC this fall. You know, yeah. So, you know, I've been a little busy, right? But I still, um, I, I have a couple of hoops to jump through so that I can sit for that board exam in October. And so, yeah. So what is a health coach? So a health coach is somebody that works with folks to guide them, not to direct them, not to give them a prescription, but to really guide them on their own health journey to a better version of themselves. You know, um, the premise of health coaching is that the, the person, the individual already knows what's best for them. You know, they, um, they've heard all this, they, they've heard everything they've, they've read the news, they've sat in their doctor's offices, they already know, they know that movement is healthy, they know that, you know, a plate of with lots of vegetables and lots of fruit is healthy. Um, But you know, they're making the choice not to do those things, they're making the choice to sit on the sofa, and they're making the choice to, you know, to, you know, to eat cupcakes and donuts and things like that. So really, it's to, um, to work with that person to kind of examine you know, um, what's underneath that, you know, it's not really a psychologist because we're not here to solve their problems, but we're here to, you know, just to, to be with them, to stand with them side by side and to, um, you know, to provide them information when they need it, but also to just, um, to be a coach, you know, to, to, you know, to, to maybe reflect back to them and maybe, um, you know, share or like help them connect what it is that they really want, which is good health to, their values. And that's usually one of those like pivotal points when somebody really starts to make that connection between what it is that they really want and their, and their own intrinsic values that they actually start to, to make the commitment to, to make those changes. And this is the kind of thing that's very, very challenging in our current medical system um, to have that happen in the doctor's office. And I know that that was actually, I think one of the questions um, that had come up about exercise as a prescription So, you know, um, I'm sure you all have experienced this, right? When you go and you see your doctor and you probably, you're all pretty young. So you probably, and you all, you know, hopefully are very healthy, but for most folks, when they go in and they, you know, they see their physician, it's the, you know, maybe they're lucky if they get 15 minutes, right? Lucky 10 minutes is, is more, is more like, is more like it, unless you have like a really serious condition. And a lot of times now, especially in in the medical office, you know, everything is, um, there's electronic medical records, which means that the physician is like sitting behind a computer and they're, they're typing notes. They're never really looking at the patient and, you know, they're typing notes and they're going to see like, oh yeah, so I see your blood pressure, you know, is, um, 200 over 80, you know, and you know, your, you know, your BMI is 30 and yeah, you, you need to like lose some weight. Do you think you could do that? Okay, great. And then they leave. You know, not, not helping them make that jump or connect. Yeah, because they don't have the time. It's not, it's not something that they have, you know, to build, it's not really built into the medical appointment for them to really provide any kind of coaching. So this is where, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a health model out there. And this is one of the things that we, I studied in um, my master's is different kinds of health models, like healthcare models. And the medical home, I don't know if you all are familiar. Have you heard of that term before, the medical home? I have not. Okay. 
So the medical home is, is a healthcare model where it puts the patient at the center of the healthcare paradigm, okay? And the patient's in the center and around the patient are all the different providers that, you know, would touch that patient. So it could be, you know, the physician, the nurse practitioner, the physician assistant. Um, it could be, you know, if there's a physical therapist or registered dietitian, it could be a health coach. And there's all these different people that are working and doing their work in an integrated way to provide the best care for that patient. Um, and it's, it's a much more, I want to say, mm, for lack of a better word, like democratic model, it kind of, you know, and it takes a physician kind of off of the pedestal a little bit where it's not like the physician is at the core of the healthcare system, but it's the patient is at the health is at the core of the healthcare system. So, because really, I mean, that's really as, you know, I consider myself a health professional and I'm sure all of you, hopefully at some point will be health professionals. That It's not about us. It's never about us. It's about the people that we serve, right? It's about the people, you know, that, that we want, you know, we, we want them to live better. We want them to live longer, live healthier. Um, so this is the healthcare model where a health coach would be part of that team. It's like a team approach. And that if the physician, you know, is like the technician, the, te- the physician goes in and they, they have the skill and they have the experience to do things like to read exams, to, to give a physical exam. Um, and then they could say, okay, so here are the things that, that, you know, I see on your chart. And I would like for you to have now, you know, speak with our health coach and the health coach is, you know, is not as, you know, to be honest with you, is just not paid as much as a physician, so a health coach could spend more time, you know, a health coach could spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and not just one session, but a series of sessions, you know, just like any coaching, right? You don't go to a coach, like you're not, you don't go to a coach one and done. You go to a coach over a series of sessions where then um, you really get to work with that person. You get to know that person and you get to, you know, have these check-ins with them and see what their progress is like, kind of see if they're like veering off course and see if you can kind of pull them back, you know, remind them of what their values are, what their goals are. Um, and then they would have that checkup again with the physician. The physician would say, Hey, this is great. Like your, your, your blood pressure is dropping, your BMI is dropping. This is fantastic. Keep going, you know? Um, so, but it's a little different model. Uh, so is that something that requires a referral or a prescription from the physician or, so, you know, right now there aren't, this is, again, this is so cutting edge, Brad, that it doesn't really, it's not common practice. Yeah, it doesn't really exist except in a few concierge type medical practices. You know, it's like if you, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that term either, concierge medicine, but it's kind of like it sounds, it's fancy medicine, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's people that are like PPOs, people that are paying like high, um, you know, high premiums to get their medical care, um, and and they're going to get that. But it's not a practice um, that's you know going to be in most healthcare, like most HMO models, because most people in the U.S. belong to HMOs. So it's not a healthcare model that really um, exists all over. I'm hoping that you know, in my lifetime, it changes. Like, I'm really hoping that in my lifetime that we get to a place where people can get a little bit more attention, the attention that they need and the attention that they deserve. So that's what I hope. Hopefully, hopefully one day this becomes something that everybody can take advantage of. Yeah, 100%. Would you say that like, oh, oh, go ahead, Ashley, it's okay. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, 
So, you know, you've had such a vast, you know, amount of experiences, you know, talking about like how you've been from college and like how your journeys kind of change and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I guess just for, you know, everyone watching, um, to just kind of, you know, um, who have been inspired by what you have been saying, um, if you could just kind of give like um, a piece of prof professional advice, sure. you know, either that's really been um, affected or impactful on you or just um, something that, you know, you would offer up to them. Absolutely. So the first thing is the fact that you all are part of this organization now is huge because, you know, and, and I'm looking at everybody on their Zoom screen and I'm thinking that all of the people that are part of your network now are going to be so important because, you know, this group of people, some of them are going to go to medical school. Some of them may do a different route. You know, they might do something else, become an allied healthcare professional in some other way, but they're going to be your peers and they're going to be your connections. I could, the one thing that is so important for us all, doesn't matter what stage of your career is to stay connected, to get involved. So, um, you know, I've always been involved. I've always been a part of a, some professional organization, whether it's in fitness and now in the field that I'm in, um, I'm part of, I am in a different medical college. So I'm a part of a, the medical college. It's called the American college of lifestyle medicine, okay. which is newer than, um, the American college of sports medicine. And I think it's, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of shared interests, you know, it's, it's very, um, you know, they're very compatible. I think that they're slightly different because obviously sports medicine, there's a lot of people in sports medicine that are in orthopedics you know, in those, those fields. Whereas I think, you know, um, physicians that are in the American College of Lifestyle Medicine are probably more like, you know, internal, um, internal medicine docs and, you know, family physicians, pediatricians and things like that. Um, but they also share a lot of similar values. So networking. So always making sure that you're part of a network, that you're using your networks, you're getting involved with your networks. Um, and I think um, another piece of advice that I, I would give you is to, um, you know, <laughs> I want to say always, I mean, I know this probably sounds cheesy, but just to always represent yourself in the very best way that you can, because you just never know, like, you know, you just never know who you run into is going to be an important connection for you later, you know? Um, so I don't know, like, you know, just be mindful of, be mindful of the impression that you make on other folks. Cause you, again, you just never know you know, you run into somebody at a, at a conference or you run into somebody at a party. It doesn't really matter because that, that person could be an important connection for you later. So it's just really important that you kind of think about, you know, about, you know, about how you represent yourself or, or your organization or whatever it is that you do. And the other, the last thing is like, never stop learning. You know, I, I think that, um, I'm super curious about the world and I'm super curious about life and um so i think that you know i that's something i obviously you're all learners you're all at amazing institution go tritons you know so um i think that that's something that hopefully that carries with you forever forever and ever and also okay one more thing and this is <laughs> the last one practice what you preach it's the worst thing to see fat physicians i'm sorry <laughs> but you know what i mean fat physicians yeah. who smoke you know, it's like the worst thing ever. So if you all want to be like real allied healthcare professionals, practice what you preach, move your bodies, nourish your bodies with good food, be, you know, mindful about the things that you think. Um, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> 
great answer. <laughs> Alexia. Yeah. I ask you about um, how has the transition been from like from REMAC to classes being online and hmm. playing the personal wellness program and the playground? Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Great question. Well, mm, the first thing that I have to say about that is cabin fever is real. I'm going to raise my hand because I have experienced cabin fever. Is anybody else out there experiencing a little cabin fever right now? Raise yeah, your hand. Yeah, right. Yes, a little bit. Okay, or boredom. Somebody earlier said boredom, right? A little bit of cabin fever. You know, it's a real, it's a real thing. And actually, um, one of the things that um, I did in preparation for this meeting with you all is that, again, I went to PubMed. I wanted to see, like, if there was any, you know, any new research out there about isolation, um, about loneliness, about depression. And there's nothing newer, you know, COVID is too new. Like, COVID is too new for anybody to have done any research about how, especially, how it's impacting people my age, people your age. There's a ton of research out there right now about older adults because um, like senior citizens that are in nursing homes and things like that, because a lot of those folks are dealing with a lot of isolation. However, the research is super clear. There is a direct connection between isolation, loneliness, and depression. It's just, it's just like a, you know, it's just a train going in one direction. So I think that it's something that we have to be, we have to be mindful of, we have to be and we have to, we have to talk about it. Like it's, it's no good to just say like, oh, yeah, everything's great all the time. You know, that's, that's not very, that's not fair. Um, the other thing that I can tell you is that exercise, I'm super happy to share with you, there's also a lot of research out there that shows that exercise is one of the most effective non medical ways of dealing with depression, like there again, and I didn't even have to look this up because I wrote papers on this in my, for my master's is that there's direct relationship um, between exercise and, and improvement in mood, um, you know, in, and, and that exercise can be more effective than a lot of the medications that are available on the market right now for depression. So we got to keep moving, you know, even though we're not moving around, you know, you know, I don't even, you know, I miss walking across campus. Like I literally miss walking across campus because that was just a, 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 a way that I didn't have to think about moving my body. Right. I had to go to this meeting. I had to go over there. I had to go over there. You know, I, I miss walking across campus. Um, so I try to get up and I try to move every single, I am moving every single day. Not that I'm trying. I actually am moving. Sometimes I'm going and I'm getting two workouts a day. So the playground. Yes. Um, we hustled our butts I'm not gonna lie team like we hustled to get that playground up and and on our recreation website um as soon as I want to say it was like March 9th or something like that we made the decision I think it was March 9th is when we made the decision that all of our programs for spring quarter were going to be canceled so as soon as we heard even before we we made that final decision we're like okay we are going to have to create something new so um, there was different teams, you know, there was our marketing team is the ones that created that really cool like logo. Um, and then there was us in programming. So it was myself and Hector Fletes from rec classes. And we put together like all of like the, the classes that are on recreation live. Um, we started videotaping more classes that are on the recreation online. And then in some of our other teams um, in intramurals and sports clubs, there's a whole esports thing, which 
you know, I know it's not exercise, but it is something for folks to do that's recreational. Um, and so we just, we worked really, really hard to get that up as, as quickly as possible. Um, and I want to say that, you know, we're, it's one of the better ones I, because I'm in touch with all of my UC, um, you know, fitness colleagues. So all the other UC fitness directors, we, we talk regularly. We've been talking like every other week um, since the pandemic. Um, and I just have to say ours is the best. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> ours is literally the best. People, like the day that it launched, I got calls and email messages from all of my other UC peers saying like, my director wants is like, why haven't I done this? And they're like, Alexia, you crushed it. And I'm just like, well, it wasn't just me. I have an, we, there's an amazing team, but they were, they were literally kind of jealous. So just saying. Like, did so, um, so what types of programs can we find? On yeah. So there are tons. So there's basically, um, I want to say there are like four main buttons that you can choose from. The first one is online classes, which is, it'll take you to our YouTube channel where we have all kinds of different workouts that we were able to pre-record before we got shut down. Um, there's also recreation live, which is, will take you to a link of live classes. Like every, um, week we have, like, I want to say there's like about 65 different classes and it ranges from like, there's even drawing classes. So there's sketching because that's good for our mental, you know, well-being as well, being creative, um, to, you know, Zumba to, you know, yoga, all kinds of stuff like that. And then there's a link to our, um, email or subscription service called Get Up Tritons where you get email sent to you with like little quick exercises you could do at home. And then there's um, a virtual, um, like a sign up for our newsletter that'll kind of just keep you reminded about all the different things that we have going on. Um, and then um, I want to say, oh yeah, there's little videos of the day. So if our registered dietitian puts together a video, that's probably going to be on Get Up Tritons. So there's a lot of different little pieces of content so it's youtube it's zoom it's you know email subscription service um so there's i feel like there's a lot of different things and and then also fit life our instagram i post up usually two workouts like little quick workouts a week that you can do from home so those are little things that folks can do and they're like five minutes you know just five minutes of movement so very cool and so um can anyone take advantage of this program oh yeah Um, anybody not yeah, anybody, not, not even CSD students. Yeah, anybody. Like we just we wow. want to put it out there. It's all free. Um, you know, it's we just want anybody, anybody yeah. who needs it, anybody who wants to use it right now. I don't care. I was super stoked because I actually teach some of the classes. And Wednesday night I had a student, um, she's you know, an international student from Mexico City, and she was like on the class, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. So yeah, it's really cool. cool. Yeah, super cool. So if you had to recommend one for like, mm-hmm. you have to do it, like which, which class would you recommend us to log into? I absolutely. Okay. So we have, there's this new format. I don't teach it, but I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know if you're all, is anybody familiar with it, uh, with the exercise program called animal flow? No, no. Okay. Well check it out on Instagram. This flow lift class is not necessarily like animal flow, but it's, it's mostly body weight. And it's kind of like a combination of yoga and animal flow. So it's a lot the, you, you, for 45 minutes, you are constantly, constantly moving and you are just doing all of these different like mobility m- movements. It's really, really hard to describe, but it's just, it kicks your butt and I love it. Can I ask your opinion on 
calisthenics versus weightlifting. What is it? Uh, calisthenics. Oh, calisthenics. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, I mean, and this was, I know a question that somebody had asked, like, what are things that you can do at home? Well, you know, right now, if you don't have anything to push or pull around, you at least have your body, right? So calisthenics to me is like really just moving, is moving your body weight. I like to think of calisthenics as just another way of saying like body weight exercises, you know? Um, and that's all most of us have right now. Like, you know, unless you have dumbbells or plates or barbells at your house, and most people don't, the best that you can do right now is just push and pull your own body around. So, um, you know, I think that they both serve a good purpose. It really kind of depends on what your goals are, you know, and if your goal is to build muscle mass, well, then you're going to need, you're going to need more resistance. Like you're going to need, um, you're going to need to have weight for resistance. But if your goal is to have, to be able to move well and to be able to push and pull your own body around body weight, resistance works just as well. So, um, so I've tried home exercise videos before and sure. I personally can never get into it. Like I can't just, you know, put the video there and do the workout. Um, do you have any tips or like tricks that you've done yourself or you've heard people tell you on like how to get motivated? Well, I think that the thing is, um, first of all, it's just like everything else. You got to find something that you like. And I think that there's so much content out there that you just have to keep looking. Like you have to find the right, you know, it's just like exercise in general. Like I've been, I've have been doing like a very specific kind of exercise, you know, um, you know, kind of like more traditional fitness exercise, but you know, some, that does not rock everybody's world. You know, some people don't want to do that. Some people, and I'm like, that's fine. Go do martial arts or go do, you know, go do some swing dancing or just do something else. Like the most important thing is that people are moving. <laughs> like they just yeah. need to move. You know what I mean? So I think that the, the thing is that you just need to keep looking and keep searching for the right person because it could be a personality thing like if you find that person who really reaches through you know the screen and like can pull you into what it is they're doing um or it's the right exercise you know the other thing i think is that sometimes um you know having a schedule like i'm a big believer in a little bit of discipline you know like you got to get up and you just you know you gotta you you know you gotta you gotta schedule it in your day, just like everything else, you know, you gotta, you know, you have a class at two. So you work out at noon, you know what I mean? Or something like you, you need to make that a priority. And this is like a, this is like a health behavior thing, you know, but you need to make that a priority just like everything else you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think having a schedule is something that's definitely helped me right now. <laughs> right. Classes and everything. Yep. So I know there are also like a few folks that are concerned, you know, now that the gym is closed and, you know, basically you're either left with finding like household items to use as weights or just doing body uh, weight exercises. Um, what can you tell um, us or kind of educate us about like, you know, muscle loss? Or I know that's a big concern mm -hmm. for some people, especially who depend on the gym for that. Right. Well, it's just like I said, cabin fever is a real thing and atrophy is a real thing too, you know, so muscle atrophy, I'm sure you guys have all studied that and you know something about that. Um, you know, I think that this is one of those things where I don't really, there's no, there's, I don't have a magic answer to say like, oh, just do this thing and you won't atrophy because that's not the case. Like if you're used to lifting heavy and lifting heavy weights and you carry around a certain muscle mass, there's nothing that you can do. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I, 
tell you something that's not true, but there's really not that you're nothing that you're going to be able to. So I think it's a little bit more of like a mind shift, you know, it's, you know, it's, um, it's about resilience and it's about adaptability. You know, one of the reasons why human beings have lived as long as we have on this planet is because we're, we're incredibly adaptable. And I think that this is where for some folks, you know, this change of environment, you know, all the different environmental changes that we're experiencing right now, um, you know, it, it comes down to our mindset, you know, that um, we may have to, we may need to try or, you know, adopt some new practices. And um, I mean, I follow, so one of the things like I, to be honest with you team, I don't really weight lift very much. And I know you're all saying deadlifts. And That's cool. Right on. Cause I'm like the cardio junkie. I'm the cardio yoga junkie. Like the two things that I'm super missing right now are actually the one thing. Cause I could do yoga and Pilates and all of that on my own. I'm missing my spin classes. I've been teaching, you know, indoor cycling for years and I don't have a bike at home. I don't have an indoor cycle and I am so missing that endorphin rush. It's driving me kind of crazy. So I'm like, you know what, Alexia, you need to chill and you need to be grateful that you're healthy and you need to, you know, go out. You got to start jogging a little bit again. You got to start running a little bit. So I have to change. I have to change my mindset about, about that. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to tell you, Ashley, but there's not, you know, some, so this is one thing, one of my students and I was like, oh my gosh, he wanted to, he wanted to do some bench press. So he started bench pressing his bed frame and it dropped on his nose. And I'm thinking like, dude, you're so lucky. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like, you're so lucky that you didn't break your nose. So, you know, I mean, I think that within reason, yeah. Like if you have things around the house that you can, that you can use great, but don't like pick up the sofa and think like, yeah, I'm going to deadlift the sofa. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, do a hundred squats, you know, you will get tired. It'll be different, but you will get tired. You know what I mean? Put your roommate on your back and do your squats. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's just, I think it's a little, we have to think maybe a little bit more about changing our mind mindset right now than thinking about how, how are we going to use the furniture for our strength workout? (laughs) Yeah. So big takeaway is safety first at this point, please don't drop furniture on your face. Not a good idea. Um, and then I guess, you know, last question, just to kind of wrap things up here as we near the end of this, sure. um, what's something about like exercise or fitness or just even wellness in general um, mm-hmm. that you wished everyone knew? How it made you feel? You know, I, am, I think that I'm kind of, again, preaching to the choir here when, you know, we, I, I, I mean, at least I know Alex, I, I know her because I see her all the time and I know she works out. I'm sure you all work out too. Um, but there's nothing that a good workout can't fix, honestly. You know what I mean? I, I, I was in a funk, man. I'm not going to tell you Wednesday, not going to lie to y'all. I was tired and I was feeling a little cabin feverish. I did not want to get out of bed. I just wanted to like blow off the whole day, but you know, I made myself, I had a busy work day. And then Wednesday night, I taught one of the zoom live classes. It's a, this class I made called box and bar and I worked out really hard. And at the end of it, I was like, it was like my mind was washed. Like somebody had just washed my mind and I felt better. And I, it, it took the funk away. And I think that that's the thing that I really wish that everybody who doesn't move their bodies regularly knew what that felt like. You know what I mean? Who, and I, I don't know if you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that feeling that like, man, you just went a good workout just 
fixes things, you know, not press relief is the big thing for me. (laughs) Right. And I think that that would solve a lot of our healthcare problems, to be honest with you. You know, if everybody had that feeling, you know, knew what that felt like, what good quality movement on a regular basis, like how it made you feel, because people aren't going to make decisions necessarily. People make decisions based on how they feel, you know, and if people felt that feeling, you know, that, that, that feeling after a workout or after having a good nutritious meal or getting a good night's sleep, you know what I mean? We wouldn't have most of the healthcare problems that we have right now in the U S. So that's what I wish. <laughs> oh, big takeaway. If you haven't tried exercise, maybe it's now the time to start. Absolutely. Yeah. Move your, how to move your body, just move your body. I don't care what you do. Just move your body. So uh, one one actually final question. Sure. How uh, how can we view these fit life videos and the the health and wellness program videos? How how do we find this stuff? Yeah, just go to recreation.ucsd.edu, and the first thing that'll pop up it'll say the recreation playground, um, and then you'll see like those little those tabs or those blue um, buttons there. Um, we did start our student personal wellness program this week, which is a curriculum-based program. It's like one of the only programs that we are still able to offer for the entire quarter. There are some spaces left. Um, and it's a, so, f- you know, for you or for any of your friends or colleagues, um, it's a, it's a comprehensive wellness program that covers exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress management, mindfulness. Um, and it's also a great way to, you know, meet some other students to, you know, to be a part of a, um, you know, to have some connection with other folks, because that's such an important thing that we need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all of that is at recreation.ucsd.edu. All right, great. Perfect. <laughs> is there anything else that, you know, you would like to know before we sign off for tonight? And I hope I, I hope I, full, you know, got you guys got out of this what you were hoping for. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think super informational for us and for hopefully anyone listening or in the future listening, Uh, you know, just stay motivated, stay moving, stay exercising. And there are resources out there that everyone can use. And so stay on top of it. Absolutely. In the long run. Right. And if anybody, you know, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I have the best email. I'm just Alexia at UCSD.edu. So yeah. Right. So if you, if anybody has any questions for me, any follow-up questions, um, even about health coaching or the master's program that I did, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, cause I, I'd love to share. I love to talk about these topics. I'm obviously very passionate about it. So yeah, I'm, I'd love to be a resource. If anybody, if everybody, if anybody's interested. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming and delivering this talk for us, Alexia. And I just wanted to say for anyone watching that, even though we talked about a lot of UCSD programs, please, like she said, just try and get up, get moving, right? The important part is to get moving and staying fit. So try researching to see if your school has any similar programs like that. And uh, with that, yeah, thank you for uh, speaking. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Everybody take care and be well and have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Be sure to check out our past video podcasts available on our YouTube channel, Exercises Medicine at UCSD. And check out our socials, eim.ucsd on Instagram and eim at UCSD on Facebook. Lastly, please subscribe to our newsletter. The link will be available on our Facebook page. It's free and a fun weekly read for anything from common injuries to interesting exercises to healthy recipes. So that's it for us. Signing off. We'll see you next week.